Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. Hey everybody, this is Greg Larkin, one of the co-hosts of the Mile 99 interview. We're going to get to tonight's episode real soon, but I just wanted to take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors, and that is Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker has a number of different products to help you optimize your performance as you age. And to Inside Tracker, you know, age is just a number. Uh, your health though is a science. People age at different speeds, some faster, some slower. That means the date that marks their birthday may not represent their body's actual biological age. And that's why Inside Tracker developed InnerAge 2.0. This is a proprietary AI-driven platform that reveals how your body is aging and provides a personalized science-backed action plan to help you get younger from the inside out. Inside Tracker believes that your best self is not behind you, it's within you. And by looking at the science of your health and longevity, you can discover the personalized path to living healthier and longer. So if you want to continue doing the ex exercises and activities that you love with the people that you love for the rest of your life, it's time to turn back the clock with InnerAge 2.0. For a limited time, Mile 99 listeners can take 20% off the entire Inside Tracker order, including InnerAge 2.0. Just visit InsideTracker.com slash Mile99 and use code Mile99, that's M-I-L-E-99, at checkout. I personally have gotten my blood tested uh, over the past few weeks and have received my results. I have a personalized action plan. I have a few things I need to address in the diet area and also in my exercises and, and workouts. I'm working on that and I'm excited to uh, take my next blood test in about three months and see what the progress has been. Very exciting. Uh, it's very much data driven and easy to motivate to get it done. So take a look at insidetracker.com slash mile99 and use our code to get 20% off. Thank you so much and we'll see you on the trails. All right. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mile 99 interview. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Turner. The Mile 99 is a place to hang out with like-minded folks in our trail community and our road communities, share our stories, successes, failures, deepest trail secrets, things you only share with your best buddy at two in the morning in the dark on your favorite normal route. It's also a place to get local race news, find out what's going on in our community, where to volunteer, where to help, what to, what to do. We record live on Zoom and Facebook with one take, no breaks. And unlike what is said on your morning trail run with your best friends, what is said here is that it's on the record. We're going to record it. So be on your best behavior. We have chat rooms are open. So cruise through the chat rooms on Zoom and Facebook to add in some comments, questions, anything you need to do there. I'm joined by the two, my the best co-hosts you can have, Jessica Harris and Greg Larkin. Hey, Jessica, happy birthday. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, well, it was a couple of days ago, October 30th, but this is my first show as a 34-year-old. Feeling pretty good. I uh, got a cool email today that I got into Lake Sonoma 50. So yeah. I'll be that in April. I didn't race this year. I think I did Formidable, which was great, but then I didn't run. So I'm excited to race for 2023. Um, yeah, exciting news. Greg, how are you? Doing all right. Um, recovering from some minor surgery, so I'm not really running now, but I'm doing a lot of walking, so I'm happy about that. I'll see a bunch of you hopefully out on the RDL course this weekend at ALT, be working on the radios, just got my ham radio license, so I'm helping out with that whole thing and need to learn a lot about it. So <laughs> I'll be very much a, a newbie, uh, so hoping to pick up a lot and see a lot of runners uh, say hi. Uh, we'll be out there from... 2 p.m. to midnight or beyond. We'll, we'll see. So uh, yeah, everybody, uh, thanks so much for joining. Uh, we have a great show tonight. We also want to thank our Patreon members, and uh, we really appreciate you and all the support you've been giving us. Uh, we want to thank our latest Patreon members, Todd and Judith. Uh, thanks so much. We hope that uh, the after shows and other uh, bonus content is uh, uh, resonating with you all. And we do have people that also donate through Venmo. Uh, we appreciate those one-time donations as well. So either way, uh, it helps us keep the lights on and keep 
keep things rolling here. So thank you so much. We are going to um, not do the community news at the normal time uh, tonight. Our guest, uh, Scott, is going to be leaving us a little early. So we're going to cut the show at or that part of the show at 745. And then we'll um, do sort of a wrap up at that point. So uh, we want to dive right into the interview tonight. Scott uh, is here. He is the race director of CIM, the California International Marathon, presented by the Sacramento Running Association. We are very pleased that he's joining us tonight to talk all things CIM. So welcome to the show, Scott. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Uh, it's a great, great podcast you guys got here. And uh, just, it's again, fun to be a part of it for uh, for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, awesome. Well, we, we're going to make the best of it here and we're going to get into all the details and everything. And, you know, as we like to do, we like to get a little background on our guest and uh, just find out a little bit about them. Um, and maybe in just a few minutes, kind of just give me a little bit of a summary of where you sort of started out, you know, grew up, that kind of thing, and uh, what got you into running and yeah, just sort of start there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Sacramento uh, born, well, not born, but definitely raised here in Sacramento. Uh, so local. Uh, really enjoyed growing up here. Uh, such a such a great. Um, uh, I grew up in the uh, Arden Park area, uh, which I actually incur- currently live in Arden Park. Uh, and so you know that just kind of shows the cycle of 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 Sacramento and 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 how uh, and how uh, it's sort of generational in this in in the neighborhoods that that we grow up in. And um, you know, growing up, I I you know a pretty typical childhood. Just played played a lot of sports growing up. I love sports. I was a sports nut, and um, uh, you know, eventually, you know, which uh, kind of is what we're here to talk about. You know, found the sport of running in high school. Uh, I was really fortunate to go to a high school. I went to Jesuit High School in Sacramento, and um, they had a, a legendary cross country program. A coach there, Walt Lang. Um, who really, you know, uh, ignited that fire for the sport of running for me. Uh, and it's something that's kind of carried me uh, through life that here I am, you know, 30 plus years later, sitting on a podcast with you all kind of speaks to, to, to how, how that fire was, was ignited and, um, you know, brought this sport into my life. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what were your specialties back then in terms of events and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, I ran cross country, uh, you know, and really just enjoyed the team aspect, the camaraderie, uh, developing those relationships uh, just out there on the, uh, you know, you spoke about, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the talks on the trail uh, and just that that uh, esprit de corps that, that I developed with 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 my friends as we, uh, you know, tr- you know, bonded through battle uh, in the sport of running and ran cross country in the fall, ran track and field in the spring. Uh, and, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be part of great teams, great programs, had great teammates and, and obviously a legendary coach. And that really created a platform for me to, to go on and continue the sport in college. So I was very fortunate that, that I was recruited and, and earned a scholarship to go run, uh, in college and allowed me to kind of continue in that sport to be a huge part of, uh, my college experience as a student athlete, um, developed even, you know, you know, more relationships there being a part of cross country and track and field teams at the collegiate level. Uh, and, and that really just kind of, uh, you know, set me on a trajectory to, to allow this sport to be such a big part of my life, um, you know, ultimately professionally as well. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, as you know, and as a lot of our listeners know, I mean, we do tend to focus on obviously on trail running in this podcast, but also, I mean, as you're talking, you know, you're talking about that community aspect and then the team and the bond and all those, those shared experiences and difficulties. And and I think obviously that's going to resonate with any runner road trail, whatever. Um, you have a lot of that same type of community and bonding going on on the trails, just like you do on the roads. So there's so much crossover and, and, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, I think this is great because it helps us kind of all get, you know, exposed to the different aspects of, of the sport of running, whether it is on the trail or off the trail. Yeah. Um, our, and, our sport is such a phenomenal community. So, yeah. you know, I just, that's, that's what I think, uh, you know, brings us all together. And, and, and it's something that drew me into the sport. You know, I, like I said, I was a sport nut growing up, played all different sports, but there was something about that community uh, that, that really drew me into this sport. That was like nothing else I'd experienced in any other uh, sport or group. So um, yeah, that's, it's neat. 
Yeah. And uh, apparently you had a fairly famous uh, teammate at UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I, I glossed over my college career, but but yeah, I, I ran at UCLA. I was fortunate to be part of that great program. I had a legendary coach there too, Bob Larson, uh, who's a Hall of Fame coach. So I went from high school having this great mentor to college. I was just really fortunate. Um, but then, yes, uh, obviously at UCLA, I was teammates and roommates with Mabradam Kofleski. Um, you know, he's well known now in the running world for his exploits, going on to win the Boston Marathon, won the New York Marathon, won the Olympic silver medal in the marathon, one of the, you know, the world's great best marathons over the past, past marathoners over the past uh, you know, couple decades. Um, and he, it was just great to be teammates with him, see his growth and development um and 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 learn a lot from him but then also just continue that relationship we're still great friends and in fact he you know he and i were just chatting not that long ago and um you know he just sent a text saying hey you know we haven't chatted in a while but you know i, I your your contact came up and and just checking in how are you doing that kind of stuff and um and that just kind of speaks to those relationships that you build i mean now it's 20 plus years from when we were teammates and and we still have that still have that bond and that connection so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that, you know, lifelong stuff goes on uh, when you're out there sharing all these miles together. And uh, has he ever come out and run CIM? Uh, no, you know, it's funny. He, he's been to Sacramento a number of times, a number of times. We, you know, we, I, I, I joke with him a little bit about it, um, you know, over the years and, uh, but maybe one of these years we'll get him out here on a kind of a victory lap run or something like that. But he, uh, he contends that he doesn't ever want to run another marathon again. So we'll yeah. see, we'll, 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 uh, we'll see if we can't get him back out here. But he <laughs> does time. love, I will say this though. He's run many, uh, 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 trails and runs here in Sacramento. He stayed with me and done a lot of runs. He loves running on the American river parkway mm. around Lake Natoma. I've taken him out to Folsom and he, he absolutely loves running here in Sacramento. So, um, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, all, that's, that's, that's a neat, because uh, I know it's something that we all cherish and love. So it's great when someone from outside who's running a variety of places all over the world, you know, recognizes what we love about running here in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than, uh, yeah, like whenever we're out on runs and posting pictures and things like that and sharing that with people all over the, the U.S. or the world even and just really kind of like one of the the meccas and one of the the focal points of running of all sorts, I think right here in Northern California. So we're so lucky to have it. Uh, that's, that's great. So then after uh, UCLA, uh, you came back up to this area, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually started uh, uh, coaching uh, at the college level. Uh, just again, being able to combine my passion with my profession has been a theme for me uh, personally. Uh, and so being able to get into the coaching side after kind of, I got to the end of my road in terms of where I could be competitive in the sport of running. Um, uh, I recognized that I wasn't Meb Kofleski. That was great about having him as a teammate, as you saw <laughs> uh, the definitive difference of like, okay, that's a pro uh, I'm going to have to start, you know, if I want to stay in the sport, it's going to be doing other things. And, and, and I really gravitated towards coaching. Uh, I started coaching collegiately at UCLA. And then when my wife and I got pregnant uh, with our first, uh, we recognized going back to our earlier uh, comment about Sacramento, you know, there was nowhere else we wanted to start and raise our family, but here in, in Sacramento. So I was fortunate that the job, the cross country and track uh, position opened up at Sac State. I was able to move back up here, take the job at Sac State, continue coaching uh, and really start my family. Um, and then, you know, I, I, you know, again, just been lucky every step of the way, right at the point where I was looking to transition out of coaching, the work-life balance became a, a bit of a challenge, uh, from coaching and having, having kids and wanting to be home. Um, I was fortunate that longtime executive director at Sacramento Running Association, um, uh, John Mansour was retiring, um, and it opened up an opportunity here for, with this great organization. And I was very fortunate that I was able to kind of transition into that role. Um, and again, continue combining my passion with my profession. Um, and I appreciate Sacramento Running Association giving me a shot. I kind of had to fake it until I made it a little bit as their executive director. Uh, but now here we are almost 10 years later. Um, and, you know, I've been I've been very, very fortunate to be able to continue in this sport, um, you know, uh, having it be a big part of my life. Well, it seems like you made it. <laughs> you didn't have to fake it too long, <laughs> if at all. No, uh, I'm, I'm I think I'm still faking it a okay. little bit. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of curious too. I mean, coming like I work in the tech world, and there's just a very 
standard way that you get jobs, you know, and the, the application process and interviewing and all that. And so I'm kind of wondering, like in your type of a role, like how do you how do you get a job like that? What do you have to do during an interview process for something like SRA? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of it's, again, going back to an earlier theme we just talked about, I think relationships are really important. Working in sports in general is a lot about relationships. I mean, it's not rocket science. We're not curing cancer, building rockets. So it does come down to, to relationship building. And this sport has brought so many, you know, relationships into my life. And I've made a effort to really try to cultivate those uh, the best I can. And I do think that having those relationships and building those trusts uh, within this, within the community that you're surrounded by um, gives you that opportunity to, when opportunities like that open up, uh, to be able to have people that support you, uh, recognize your skills and, and provide you and, and, and provide you the support to, 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 uh, get, get roles like that. Um, and so I, I, I feel fortunate that I've done a good job of, of managing relationships and cultivating them, but also that this sport has really surrounded me with such good people that have provided these great opportunities to me, um, at every step of the way. Mm, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. I mean, it, it I think it's, it's such a small community, I would think, right? And so people are aware of you. You're in Southern California and now you're yeah. up here and they've heard of you and, and all of that. So that's that's really handy to have that kind of bond going and, and then to sort of propel you along your career path as you as you grow. That's uh I like the way that sounds. <laughs> yeah. And furthermore to that point, you know, our entire staff and team that we've built has been built entirely through those types of relationships. We don't really have like open applications where mm. we're putting out applications and getting cold hires and stuff. It's a lot of people that we've built relationships through this community over the years and slowly over time have, have, uh, uh, you know, brought them into the fold. And, and that really makes for a great, work environment, a great team environment, a very successful team environment, because it is built on the back of those uh, of those relationships and that community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine just the mentoring that's going on and, and all of that. So that's excellent. Great, great background information for us, for sure. And so, yeah, you've been there for, yeah, like you said, nearly 10 years, um, directing CIM, other running events, other types of uh, outreach programs and, and that sort of thing. Obviously, I mean, Sacramento has an extremely well-known name out there as a, as a, as a fantastic late season race. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and your team for, for building that and marketing that and, and really making this a destination. That's, that's just great, great to see. I guess you did actually uh, run Boston Marathon uh, one time. And uh, if you want to just talk about that real quick. Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually have run, well, three marathons in my life. I, I, you know, I talked about, you know, kind of hanging my competitive running up at the end of the call of college, but right at the end of college, I decided that, well, Hey, if I was going to be done running, I need to at least run a marathon to have some legitimacy in the running world. You know, that's the question that everybody asks, well, you run a marathon. So I needed to actually do that. So I actually flew back up here uh, during my final exam week and, um, my senior year of college and ran CIM in, in, in the year 2000. Um, and, uh, um, not knowing at that time that it might be something that part of my future in, in a much bigger way. So I did run CIM. So I do have that. I can, I can notch that, uh, you know, uh, that I have that notch in my belt that I've run CIM. Um, and now I run it so others can run it. But, um, and then, so I, and I thought that was gonna be one, my one and only marathon in my life. But, um, when I turned 40, um, uh, my wife and I decided for our 40th birthday that we it would be fun to go run the Boston Marathon. Obviously, you have to qualify. So I ran uh, the Santa Rosa Marathon uh, to earn my qualifier and then went and ran the Boston Marathon uh, for my 40th uh, birthday with my wife. Um, that was it. But that was in 2018. So for those of you guys out there familiar with Boston history, 2018 was uh, yeah. one for the ages. It was one of the worst weather, maybe the worst weather they've ever had. Um, and so that was my experience uh, at the Boston Marathon was running uh, in, in, you know, in a horrible storm. You know, uh, we saw it all uh, wind, snow, rain, you know, we saw everything and it, it was nuts. But uh, it was a great experience. I loved every step of those 26 miles. Um, and it was a great badge of honor. So if you're going to run one Boston to be able to say it was 2018, 
uh, it was, was a lot of fun. And, and, and honestly too, uh, we ended up, um, you know, I, I run for the Sacramento running association elite team. We've got a master's group and we, we all train and, and still race together. And we went out there and we were actually the master's team champions that day, uh, at Boston. I think we were the only three guys standing in that storm. And so they just gave us the award, you know, so nice. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of cool. So yeah, I did get to run Boston in that horrible weather year. And, and, uh, and, and we, as a group, did did great and another thing where it was just getting an opportunity to do that with friends and a team and my wife and again just that community that made that just such a special event oh yeah I, love it yeah i love no i'm a native new englander so i love those new england stories <laughs> yeah the community community aspect that you're talking about it, it's really whether it's trail or road it's it's running is just it's just it's just community and your friends and you're out there in the weather and it just really makes for the makes for the whole thing is good for you and you you gave us some really good advice you have a long coaching we could talk about coaching for the rest of the hour but we don't have an hour so a couple of things you mentioned uh we asked some questionnaire you, you know advice for new runners and you mentioned consistency you said consistency is the key you said what and how much you do is less important than how often you do it you see your bodies adapt and grow so well, but it's that, that kind of that cycle you have to go through. And that's what you mentioned in your, in your questionnaire. Uh, that's the key. It's, it's that, that stress recovery cycle, huh? Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, if you're talking about advice for new runners, the most important thing is consistency, getting out there every day, how much you're doing really doesn't matter what you're doing. There's no magic workout or magic run. It's about kind of water on stone approach, just t- over to over time. And our bodies are amazing that they adapt so well. Um, and, and you're right. It's that stress recovery cycle. Um, and, um, you know, I always think about the hardest run I've ever done in my life, uh, was the first run ever in my first day of cross country practice in high school. It was like three miles and I was wearing high tops and I, I hated every step of it. It was so hard. It was such a challenge for my body. And, you know, later you're running 26 miles through, you know, a horrible storm. And, 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 and that was much easier than those three miles I ran because our bodies adapt. And so really the, the, the advice there is the importance is just trying to build that habit of running um, and trying to get out there every day. And it's funny, you'll go from running. If you're, if you're new, it's, it's hard to run. And then once you start doing it regularly and applying that stress over and over, it becomes hard not to run. And then that's when you know you've really built that habitual um, and and your body is really adapted to it. And when you get to that point where you kind of, you know, I know a lot of people probably listen to this podcast, get that feeling of like there, there's a lot of anxiety when they miss a day of running, um, you know, and that's because we have our bodies have adapted to it. It's become part of our homeostasis. And so for those people who are new out there and they're struggling with it, don't, it's like Chinese finger cuffs. Don't pull too hard. Just relax, let things come to you and just keep applying that stress um, just the right amount of stress over a long period of time. And ultimately your body will adapt, grow and get stronger. And then it just becomes water off a duck's back. And we're going to get into training programs in a bit. We're going to jump right into CAM, uh, because there's a lot to talk about, but we will get into some training programs. Fleet Feet is a great sponsor of program. So they can take you through that beginning stress recovery and you follow their plan with them in a group and they can take you along. So We'll chat about that. But I want to get into CIM. Uh, here's some little details about CIM. Founded in 1983 by the Sacramento Running Association. Pretty old, nonprofit. Uh, the board of directors combined has over 150 years of service. So you know, that community about those people that are part of, you know, part of the organization, have been part of the organization. Same course since the beginning, which is pretty cool because a lot of trail runs, because the permit issue is they have to change all the time. And so it's cool that someone can do the course and it's the same course, you know. Uh, it's It starts up and uh, it takes you through Orangeville, Citrus Heights, Fair Oaks. It's just a beautiful course. And Jessica, I can talk about it later about she's done it tons of times. And uh, it's really nice. And it's point to point. It's a, a net downhill. So starts at 366 and drops all the way down to 26. So you're going to. It's the fastest course in the West, they say. Uh, you started out with like 1,600 runners, but now you're up to like 9,000. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, you're going to be breaking 10,000 probably probably pretty soon, huh? What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was the fourth largest marathon in the United States last year behind only Boston, Chicago, uh, New York and Los Angeles. So the fifth largest. So uh, and it typically uh, that was some of that was coming off the pandemic, but typically it's one of the top seven or eight largest in the United States for a market like Sacramento, which is closer to like the 26th or 27th largest market to have a marathon that's punching that far above its weight class, you know, speaks to the quality of the event. Also, the quality of this running community that has embraced it locally. Uh, again, it's and you touched on some key points there that it's a locally owned marathon by um, a nonprofit, the Sacramento mm-hmm. Running Association. We've got an amazing board of directors that has put so many, so much heart and soul into founding and incubating this event and getting it from sixteen hundred runners all the way up to nine thousand. And then that's where you know uh, someone like myself comes in. Um, you know, after 30 plus years of that event and can kind of, you know, take it to the next level. Um, but but really at its core, it's still a locally owned local marathon following that same course from Folsom to the Capitol. Um, that's and family, very, very, a lot of family events. It's not just for the runners, but you guys have uh, 5Ks, there's the UC Davis Children's uh, Mara Fun Run, mm-hmm. there's youth events, there's all kinds of like things around like a typical community event there's all kinds of fun things for everybody so whether you're a fast marathoner you just want to get your time or your qualifier or you have your family's out there and you want to take your kids to be involved it's a lot of things you can get involved with that they're volunteering you guys have over what's like four thousand volunteers or some crazy amount of volunteers you guys need yeah it's an amazing community event really it it figuratively and literally you know come uh pulls our community together from Folsom to Sacramento. Um, you know, there, yeah, there's the 9,000 runners, the 4,000 volunteers. We've got a thousand marathon or uh, relay runners. We got the marathon run kids run on Saturday uh, that we do in combination or in conjunction with running for Rhett, which is a great local charity that helps us put that event on. Um, and so this event is uh, really just brings this community together. And then also 30, 40,000 spectators out there on race day, as we kind of wind through, uh, you know, the amalgam of neighborhoods that make up the Sacramento community. Uh, and by following that course, that same course for 40 years, we go through the same neighborhoods. We go by a lot of the same houses that we've gone by for years. And some of those people have sat in their front yard and watched this race for 40 years, you know, and so oh, I'm uh, sure it truly is a great community event. Or kids that watched it and that are now running it. Exactly. They were, they, they were just little kids watching the yeah. show and then watching that. And then they're, I want to do that. And then now they're out there running, which is. We've heard stories running. like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. The website has a, a list of reasons. My favorite is that there's an 80% chance of being perfect weather. <laughs> yeah, is, I know. I know. Pretty, December, pretty good. Yeah, I know December in Sacramento is, you know, from just you know, being outside isn't ideal, but for runners, it is ideal. When you look at the national landscape, the worst thing you can have in running, I'm sure you all know, is hot. In fact, New York City Marathon is this weekend, and they're very worried because it's going to be pretty warm, uh, unseasonably warm there, maybe 75 degrees. You guys know in December in Sacramento, there is no way we're ever going to be above 60 degrees, maybe 65 at the very, very highest. And rarely are we going below 35 or 40. So we just, uh, you know, operate in that perfect running window of like 40 to 60 degrees. It's just optimal. Even when we get rain, you know, it's not going to, you know, affect performances that much. But, um, you know, so that really is the maybe the most optimal thing about our race. Obviously, the the topography of Sacramento, you mentioned that net downhill. It's a misnomer to think that we have a downhill race. It's really a rolling hill. Jessica, you could probably speak to this as someone who's run a number of times, but it's really a rolling hills uh, event that near the end kind of flattens out and you can really race the back half, but it's not a downhill race at all. Um, But I think that rolling hills, with the back half finish and the great weather really just makes for this optimal running environment. And it's a place where people come from all over, all over the world uh, to chase marks and, and, and have their best day. And we're, we're just kind of proud to facilitate that for everybody. A Boston qualifier. And also uh, it's a marathon. Let me explain a little bit about that. It's a, a marathon qualifier. 
Um, well, it's, it's, it's the number one Boston qualifier in the world. We actually qualify over 30% of our runners to the Boston marathon. Uh, there's no race that qualifies more, uh, to Boston relative to the size of the race. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's really become recognized as the number one place to get your Boston qualifier. It was also the number one spot for professional runners to earn their Olympic trials qualifying mark in the last quadrennium. We actually, qualified more runners to the Olympic trials than all other marathons combined. Uh, that's how uh, successful our race was. So I think those performances kind of validate what we always have recognized as being this uh, fast course. Uh, and, and part of what makes it a fast course or fast course is less about the course itself. Uh, I think that it's that the race really draws a serious performance focused runner, maybe more than any other race in the country. Um, and so it's kind of become a watering hole for uh, performance runners. People come from all over. And so we really get big packs of people you, where, you know, if you're someone who's a faster runner, you might go to other marathons. You might be out there running by yourself at CIM. You're going to be running in huge packs and a big part of those packs is our pace team. And I know that's something we talked about pre-show a little bit. Our pace team is the best in the business. In fact, we believe we're the first race in the country to have a pace team. We we introduced that concept to the running world and our, and our pace team is as good as it comes. And they are a big part of that, um, of what makes CIM this great performance race. Uh, a lot of racers, a lot of races will just run runners out there and hand them a stick and tell them to go. Our pace team is heavily vetted. We've everybody has to be able to run that time. They have to show that they've run 10 or 15 uh, minutes faster than that time. They have to show that they've had success on the CIM course and our pace team. It's a badge of honor to be a part of our pace team and nobody does it better. And so they're a big part of what makes CIM this really performance focused race. And, and they help usher all those dream chasers from Folsom uh, to the Capitol. You know, and Jessica was telling me before the show, there's a website you can go to that will display the pace, a picture of the, of the person you're going to be following. So he's like, what is, is it a tall guy with a skinny guy with a beard? Is it a, you know, who am I following? But so there's a, a we'll link that to the, to the show notes. But one another thing I, I really found is that a lot of our trail runners are pace leaders. And one of the, one of the great stories I, I talking to a local runner MJ about pacing, she was saying she loves her number because the people that are in her pace group is like, I don't know, 420 or something are like just really out there, just giving it all they got. And, and the, the conversations, the first timers and every pace group is a different group of people, but mm -hmm. there's all kinds of walks of life and just the ins inspiring stories that they share. And it's just so fascinating. Uh, the, I, whole, I the whole idea. And I do think the one of the reasons our pace team is so great is because of the strong trail ultra community we have in this region. And, you know, uh, ultra runners and makes such great pacers. Obviously, they can manage the distance, no problem. Uh, and they also are, you know, are, are provide great resources to the runners in terms of fueling, understanding the fueling hydration and your great tips to the runners along the way. So our trail community is the backbone of that pace team. Scott Vosberg, our pace team uh, coordinator, does a fantastic job uh, of really rounding up up. And like I said, vetting and making sure that we've got the best team possible uh, out there. So uh, big props to that pace team and big props to our ultra and trail community that is really the backbone of that pace team. Yeah. So the website is just when you do run sra.org um, backslash California International Marathon, and then it's backslash pace team. And it's so nice because you can just click on the time that you're shooting for, or maybe a couple different times, and you can see the people's faces. You can get a little bit of background or maybe uh, look to the next pace leader, hunt them down. So it's a really nice um, setup website. So you can really, really get your goals. Um, pace time, three hours to six hours. They take care of everyone. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, how you doing on time there, Scott? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. He's, uh, he's at his, uh, his daughter's has a, a show, so he's going to be taking off. But so real quick, you know, there's a lot of uh, cool things about the, this marathon is you know, the women's record is, is two hours, 26 minutes. And and that was actually last year, which is a lot of these records you have are from the 90s. Like the men's is from 1993, two hours, 10 minutes. But to have somebody break a record last year was 
something that was pretty exciting. Yeah. And that was, that was actually her debut marathon. So that was really, that was really cool. She's an American woman. She had actually really Sarah Vaughn had, had uh, distinguished herself on the track actually was running her first marathon ever and broke our course record. And, and the other calling card uh, of our races, it's really been a platform for people to really, um, we get a lot of um, emerging uh, runners that use CIM as a chance to really like launch their careers. You know, a lot of people that come in and, you know, maybe they were a 237 uh, female runner and then they have a big day at CIM and they run 228. And that really, you know, gets them a professional uh, contract, like a shoe contract. Same thing on the men's side. Guys come in as 216, 215 guys. They leave as 211 guys. And it really just sends their career into the stratosphere. So we really have taken pride in, in our event kind of being this launching pad for so many runners. And Sarah was a perfect example of that last year, breaking our course record, running one of the fastest times by an American last year here at CIM. That's great. And you, if you go to the website, you can read each age group, but the one that caught me was the, you have an 80 plus division. I mean, really like Helen Klein, four hours, 31 minutes, uh, 2002 and and the male is four hours, 14 minutes, Kevin or Keith Wood, 2009. That's crazy. 80 years old. I know Helen Klein is a legend in the sport. She's local uh, and she uh, is in our Hall of Fame, the Sacramento Rain Association Hall of Fame. Really interesting about her real quick. She's turning 100 this year and she is actually going to run the Mara Fun Run on Saturday before the CIM for her 100th birthday. So a really cool story. She has got so many of those age group records, uh, a big part of the history of CIM, a good tie to the local history of our running community. And then this year as 100 years old, she's going to go out and run the Mara Fun Run with all the kids the day before CIM. Really cool story. That's amazing. See, there's so many, you know, there's a visually impaired uh, runners. I mean, you know, the Bob, uh, this guy, and I forget what year it was, but two hours and 17 minutes. I mean, you can imagine running that fast. And we have a lot of ultra runners that are that that pace for the visually impaired. Uh, one of our local guys, Jacob uh, Hudson, he Houston, he, yeah. he always he loves that. And it's just it's fun to just give time back. But can you imagine yeah. running the freedom of running that fast? You know, then, yeah. then, then there's a wheelchair division. I mean, under two hours. Uh, some of the other lead stuff. So, so many angles to see. I am. Uh, it's just so amazing. This, the, the variety that is a part of the race. We did have someone um, on our Facebook chat, pop in with a question about pace teams. Yeah. So they heard, or they saw that someone was pacing them and someone that person got disqualified for someone pacing and i'm thinking the only way that that would be is if someone was banditing the race mm-hmm. or yeah because anyone can pay and run with you right but i'm thinking it would just be someone who's unpaid unpaid we also have occasionally people will pop in they'll jump in midway and just run with them for a few miles um and that kind of activity obviously is prohibited uh and in maintaining the integrity of our results to be the number one boston qualifier we've got to send results with a high level of integrity to the boston marathon um so a big part of that is we scrub our results very very closely we we have timing mats on course we 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 really keep a careful eye on our event with our photographers and everything um, so really just maintain the integrity of our results, you know, and, and um, so, yeah. And we also have such a great pace team. It's like, and there's hundreds of people to run with in every group out there. You don't need to bring a personal pacer in, just hop on the train and, and, and have a great day. Um, and so, um, but yeah, we do, we do prohibit, you know, obviously bandits and personal pacers. What about people who are cheering you on? Can they like hand you a water bottle? Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's there's definitely some loose stuff around that. Generally, the answer is no on that. Um, okay. There is some l- loose rules around that. Um, obviously, we're not going to be going around disqualifying everybody that does that. But but we the other beauty of this is we have 17 aid stations on course. We're one of the only races, uh, mar- major marathons with that many aid stations. In, in as part of those 17 aid stations, we have four stations that are fueling stations that have goo and whole foods like fruit. Uh, at them as well. We work with best in class partners, Goo and Noon, and we've got just unbelievable products on course. So for the most part, I know everybody has their personal uh, things that they need, but we do feel like we provide uh, everything you need to be successful on race day. Um, but so, so I really, that's what, that's what we try to focus on is, is providing you the resources so that you guys don't need, so that people don't need to feel like they need that out on course. Perfect. Thanks, Scott. 
you know, every half mile, if you got a station, you're pretty not much, yeah. Someone to hand you, a, I mean, you know, if your kid's handing you a juice box, that's that's a you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's no, but yeah, you you don't need to have people. And with nine thousand other runners, I'm sure you have somebody to run with. You're not going to be alone. Yep. Nope, no, you don't, will not be alone at CIM. That's for sure. So I, I Jessica has done the marathon many times, but I did the relay one year and that was a blast because I, I wasn't in marathon shape in December. So I, you can do a four person relay, a two person relay. There's lots of options. You don't have to be a marathon or you can just kind of jump in and find some friends and do, do with a relay. And there, uh, there's also some, a bunch of training programs that you guys on the website, we talked about fleet feet has a, a number of programs. They start in August, so you can mm-hmm. get with them earlier in the year. And uh, I was out at Lake Natoma recently, and I, I saw the CIM doing a. It was a group run out there with Fleet Feet training, so you can get involved with those. You have educational seminars that you guys put on. Mm-hmm. You have nutrition guides on your website. The website is just full of stuff. Uh, endless yeah, we, resources. Yeah, we, we try to make sure CIM is. You know, we provide you all the resources to be successful. Again, um, going back to being a locally owned marathon, we're not a for-profit just trying to put on a race to make a bunch of money. You know, we're putting on a race where we want, we put all the money we make, we put right back into the race and into this running community. And part of that is, is providing services like that to help people be successful at CIM. A lot of that stuff um, that you mentioned is free. They're just extra resources to help people. Our training program is amazing. We partner with Fleet Feet on that. This weekend, actually, this Sunday, we put on what is called Run the Parkway event, which is a great training run. You can come out and run on the parkway. We close down the American River Parkway. We do a 20-mile and a half marathon, and everybody can kind of run. We actually have our pace team out there. So it's a good trial dry run before CIM. Um, is a way to kind of try that out. All the aid stations out there that have the same stuff that CIM will have. So again, another great resource. We want you to show up to CIM and be successful because that just makes for a better experience. Can you believe we've already been talking for 40 minutes? We got so much information in. Scott, we really appreciate your time and what we do with all our guests to kind of wrap up the evening, we're going to get you out of here a little bit early because we you got us so much information, is we're going to do a little rapid fire question. Are you ready? Yep, sure. Okay. I'm a little scared right now. Only the last one. Only the okay. last one. The first couple aren't. Santa Rosa Marathon or Boston Marathon? Boston. Good answer. Um, what's your favorite like post-race meal? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, probably a cheeseburger. Uh, I'm always, I'm a cheeseburger guy and there's something about how a cheeseburger hits right after a a big (laughs) run, a cheeseburger and a milkshake or something like that. Uh, you know, that hits really nice. Got to refuel. Um, do you have a bucket list race or adventure or Um, something? That's a good question. Um, Boston kind of was that for me on my 40th birthday. Um, yeah, I'm kind of done like chasing races and stuff, but I do love running in different places. And so, you know, I, I have a lot of travel goals and so that that'll take me places where I'd love to run. I've never been to Oceania, Australia, or New Zealand that. So I think that would be a, a, an opportunity. If I ever get a chance to go there, I'd love to run there uh, in as one continent I've never been to. So, uh, so maybe that's it, a bucket list. Look, find it, find a great race in, uh, in New Zealand and, and go run it. So. You know what? I'm a big um, fan of not racing sometimes and just like running. Oh, I've ran here. I run there. So mm-hmm. you don't even need to race, but that yeah. sounds like a good adventure. And then our last one, it's so controversial, but we have to ask you cats or dogs. Oh, uh, hmm. well, is, oh geez. I'm probably going to really push some people in a rough direction here. If I say neither, um, uh, actually I love animals. Uh, yeah. I, I just struggle sometimes with, uh, with, well, okay. Uh, dogs is the answer. There it is. Dogs is my answer, but, okay. uh, but I'm not a big pet guy. Sorry. So I, in fact, this may end up, you may end up flushing this, uh, a podcast after me saying that. So, um, but uh, Mike, Mike is our designated, um, animal watcher. He likes to watch them and hand them back. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you can like see, I have owner. three fish, a hamster, uh-huh. a lizard. I have a dog and two cats, but I also have four children. So I was just like, bring it on. You know, well, God bless you on that because I'm fortunate that all my neighbors have animals out there. So my kids, I just, you go, Hey, go play with all their animals. And then we don't, we don't have to have any. So, uh, without the responsibility, all the fun, you know, 
The answer is neither. <laughs> exactly. I don't think Honestly, we've ever had sorry. someone say that, okay. but we really like it. I okay. Then that, that at least makes me unique. Maybe hated, but also unique. <laughs> no, never hated. We really appreciate your time. Um, especially sweet life is busy. So we yeah. really appreciate you coming on, sharing some tidbits. Getting to know you is really important to us. Um, so thanks for sharing some of your history. We will leave you to it. Um, you can log off at any time, Scott. Yeah. Thank Great. You so. thank, thank you guys. Thank for you for all you guys do. A part of what I, you know, I guess the theme of what I was talking about is what a great community we have. And this is a, a perfect example of that. Um, and so I appreciate you uh, uh, bringing me on and, and I'm sorry I couldn't stay longer. I'd love to come back another time uh, if that makes sense. Or maybe we can make an annual thing before CIM every year. That would be great. Cool. Thank you guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thank, you. thank you, Scott. And all you guys, we're going to hang on. We're going to talk a little bit about our community news because we kind of missed it. And we'll, we'll wrap up any other CIM questions that come in and we'll answer them to the best of our ability. So real quick, before we get into our news, I want to, this podcast is actually sponsored. Hello, we have to, cool. To, to pay for, you know, uh, websites and all kinds of stuff. So this episode is sponsored by Njinji. They're the originator of the original performance toe sock. If you know me, you know, I love Njinji socks. I just love them. I use them in all my races this year. I use them at the Superior Fall 100 in Minnesota. I just did that in September. Uh, it rained and rained at Superior. And, you know, but I, with that and the foot lube uh, on a wet condition, everything was just great. Here in the West Coast, it's usually dry. This weekend, I'm running our local Rio de Lago 100 miler. And it's forecasted to rain like crazy. So I'm kind of up to speed with my rain. You have to learn how to prep your feet. So I'm going to go with the new Merino wool in Gingy Toe Sock with some foot lube and some tape. Complicated, but it's going to work out. So I'm excited about that. Uh, swap my socks every 25 miles. Your feet will stay as dry as possible. With this EcoMax uh, moisture wicking fiber and the, and the toe design, your feet will be happy and they'll take you to the finish line. So whether you're running in the rain, maybe at CIM, you never know, it could rain happens every five years or whether you're hitting the gym everyday use your feet take a beating and they deserve to be pampered so treat your feet the comfort of Njinji toe socks visit the website njinji.com backslash mile 99 and get 15 percent off inflation discount 15 percent off your socks and thank you for this episode that was great. And so I haven't been running a bunch um but I did just go to Seattle with my daughter and I wore in gingies the whole time. And I was in combat boots because I wanted to be cute. Um, so I was in like heavy shoes that I should have got blisters in. Then gingies, I wore my like mid calf, no chafing, no issues. Walked seven miles in Seattle for seven miles each day with my 11 year old. And I had no feet issues. So thank you and Gingy for sending those out to us and head over to get your 15% off. Well, thanks, Mike. And uh, yeah, so uh, we shifted things around a little bit to accommodate Scott's uh, schedule. So we're going to dive into some community news now. And uh, yeah, there seems to be a race this weekend. Uh, it is, I believe, the last official Western States 2023 qualifier. Is that right? So this is our local Rio del Lago 100 miler. That's the qualifier. They also have a 50K race, uh, which is really interesting this year. So um, Mike will be out there, as he mentioned, in the 100 miler. I, as I mentioned, will be out at Auburn Lake Trails doing some radio support for uh, the race. And uh, yeah, we hope to see a lot of people out there, a lot of friends. It's it's a great kind of just wrap up the year type of race and uh, always a popular one. Uh, the other thing, uh, since we're mentioning that, um, Western States qualifier, well, Western States lottery is now open, uh, or at least the portal to enter the lottery is open. And that started on the 1st uh, yesterday, and it will be open until the 21st. So if you have any qualifier for Western States 2023, or maybe you will after this weekend, you want to jump in that portal, add all your information, get your ticket count updated. And then December 3rd will be the drawing at Placer High School. And you get extra bonus if you show up in person because they have the bonus drawing with the playing cards. That's a yearly tradition. Uh, you definitely want to get into that. I think they've already got 20,000 tickets in the pile so far. Uh, so it's going to be a lot. Uh, so hopefully we all have enough tickets to, you know, beat the odds. We'll find out. Coming up as well, uh, very important about the Western States Trail. We know that it was impacted by the mosquito fire uh, this year in September. 
pretty heavily over, I think, uh, gosh, I want to say like 15 to 25 miles worth of the trail, like a fairly significant portion uh, running from above Forest Hill down below Forest Hill. Um, there are actual trail work days prior to the normal schedule due to the fire. Uh, with the cooperation of the Forest Service, they got in, they, they hardened the trail enough that additional trail work could be done by non-professionals. And so there are work days on the 19th of November, the 20th of November, and December 3rd and 4th. Uh, so you'll want to go to Western States uh, website, which is WSER.org and sign up for those work days. Uh, anybody, uh, you don't need any experience, they'll train you on the spot. We just need a lot of people out there. Um, there's going to be some, you know, sawing and some other uh, just manual labor type activities that's really rewarding, especially if you get a chance to run through the section you maintained. So please help out uh, extra need this year for sure. Uh, Auburn's got some stuff coming up as well. Uh, we've got run for the mandarins November 20th. We've got single track running doing the wild turkey 5 and 10k on the 24th right around Thanksgiving there in Auburn. Uh, there's a uh, a race out at the Sly Park Rec area, which I still have not been to. I got to get out there sometime and check out those trails. Uh, Troy's California Trail Run at Sly Park, 5K up to 50K on November 19th. I mentioned the lottery. Please show up for that. Uh, anyone in it, groupies, whoever, uh, Placer High School on December 3rd. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, of course, CIM the next day. So who knows, like there could be somebody that gets into Western States on the third and then is also signed up for the, the CIM race on the fourth. What a weekend that would be. Uh, single track running also going to be doing a Christmas 5K on December 18th. And then we have another uh, Troy's race, um, Placerville ho Holiday Jingle and Mingle, 5, 10, 15 and half marathon uh, distance on Christmas Eve in Placerville. And then we get into January. Single Tracks got resolution run on January 1st. That's a great way to earn all your um, letters for the word Auburn. I think he's up to the fifth letter this year, maybe. Uh, so you got to get that R. So you'll want to go out and grab that. And then we've got Total Body Fitness doing a New Year's duathlon 5K run walk on January 7th around Folsom Lake area. And Inside Trails uh, has a number of distances from 8K to 50K on January 7th in Auburn. So lots of stuff going on. You can race every month of the year around here. So um, yeah, you got your choice. And then pretty soon we'll be talking about, I'm sure, um, formidable, all the springtime races, all that stuff. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a short off season, maybe for a week. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. And word on the street is Paulo took over, uh, run the mandarins. Oh, um, so he took that over these trail runners, man, we're just taking over stuff, but, um, so it should be a good time. Any trail runners out there, maybe show Paulo a little extra support by running that. It's so beautiful. I believe it's fast and a net downhill, mm. actually downhill instead yeah. of just rolling <laughs> CIM business. Right. Um, but yeah, can't wait to see everyone out there. Hey, Mike, you got a cool, cool thing on your head. What's going on over there? Yeah, we, we got, got a some... couple, we got a couple options in here. Got the orange for, and we also got the black, so we can, you know, you can look styling out, out in the, I'll be wearing mine for Rio this weekend. Yeah, we're going to um, get these out to you guys some way, some form, um, but new stuff is coming. Thanks, Greg and Mike, for another lovely show. Our next episode is with none other than the legend, Ken Krause, uh, about his recent race in Vietnam and the history on how he's racing there all the time. He's a local dependable racer, community member, ham radio operator, really thankful that he's in the community. Um, as always, we're deeply thankful for everyone joining us tonight on Zoom and on Facebook to our loyal Patreon supporters and Venmo supporters. And if you're new here, our social media ham handles are at the mile 99 interview across all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Venmo, and our Patreon. Thank you guys so much for being here. Give us a follow if you're new. Rate and review this podcast so you know that we, so we, you know, wait, how's that go? So we know you guys like us. There you go. <laughs> I got it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good evening. We'll see you on the trails or the road. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you all. Best of luck at uh, CIM. See ya.